evening, everyone. Hello. Bonjour. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Um, it is Ghost Sent Company podcast, and we've returned for the promised second half of the episode on Wednesday. So, Woo! I am, of course, Matt. I am joined once again by Tom. Hello. I mean, hello. <laughs> Elliot. Hello. And Dan returns. Yay! Hi. I'm back, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened with Dan on Wednesday, but he's here. That's what's important. I went to a dark place. He went to a dark place. I don't know where it was. Why didn't you switch the lights on? It smelled of socks. Uh. <laughs> I know. Basically, Dan went home. Uh, <laughs> um, right, so yeah, a little bit of backstory while we're doing this on a Sunday night complete out of sync is we recorded the... Matt broke it. <laughs> we recorded the introduction to Malifaux episode Wednesday and we had a Matt wonderful time it. doing such a thing. And then unfortunately I was trying to try to upload the episode. The maximum I could upload was an hour. So I've got to try and keep this within an hour. Mm. Not going to happen. Good luck. Well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we're, we're back to... Properly take a look at Malifaux, as promised through our Facebook page. So, without further ado, Malifaux. Dad, do you want to kick us off? I know nothing. <laughs> Join the club, buddy. No, no, no I've, I've heard a lot about it, and I'm very, very excited to get into it. But yeah, that's the great start. Again, at the moment, I'm still in the run. Just 40k. Yeah, of course. So, so it's not until night. this Friday we go down that I'll probably be able to have a look. Oh, no. this is the rule book. We're, we're, we're it's passing like, it round. Like you can clearly see. It's like a ceremonial passing the rule book around. It's the rule book for Malifaux, Dan. With a guy mm. in the front looking very fly. <laughs> he does look pretty fly for a white guy. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Malifaux. Mal- as we briefly covered last week, Malifaux is a system that um, doesn't use dice. Did, that, did we peter out before that bit? Let's try this again. Yes. Malifaux yeah. is a 32mm skirmish war game which involves using cards rather than dice to generate different random activities in the game. So it takes out some of that annoying dice gods nonsense and throws in the... Uh, 52 well, other dice Yeah, cards. 52 <laughs> fateful turns of the card, or flips as they call it in the game. <clears throat> or It's true, but you don't want to have to remember the others. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, the game is played with 32mm um, miniatures. The current range is all in plastics and they are superb. They are phenomenal. Um, the original were in metal. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the sculpts were brilliant back then, but now they're just yeah, second to none. Yeah, they, they are absolutely, absolutely something else entirely. It's, mm. They are wonderful to paint as well. They are really, really nice. Well, there are consistent complaints on having to glue things together, such as the blade on a sword to the hilt oh that's me yeah that's lady justice the mm-hmm. blade Wise. to the hilt the sword is separate um with with morning's crew you've got the zombie chihuahua who's literally three millimeters tall and his little set tail is separate so if we kind of take from that the fact that the models are very well sculpted you know these aren't uh, problematic figures in the way that they're designed it's more that as hobbits <coughs> we're all usually pretty lazy yeah, there we go. We, we, we've we've spoiled by the simplicity of Games Workshop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think or, it's or massive tanks. Massive tanks. Massive tanks. Do you want to talk to Tom about tanks? Oh, you're one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, I come from the dark place of the hobby. <laughs> but no, so um, Malifaux very much is a. What does he describe himself as? A gothic horror. Steampunk, steampunk western yeah wild west game gummish so you can take a lot from the you know the, the imagery of the game without even playing it it's beautifully set out you've got uh, different armies or factions as they're called in game which we'll touch on a little bit in a li- in a, a few minutes once we've gone through some of the other bits of yes. we will indeed so we'll come back to that but it's um, it's very characterful as a mm. game it, you mm. can um, I know, well, I know we touched on driven, this definitely yeah, I know we I know we touched this the last episode. I've kind of mentioned it to Dan, but a lot, a lot of the models do have their own very specific attacks. Mm. Quite fun, of course. Seamus, who we spoke about being the Mad Hatter Jack the Ripper cross, he's, yeah. he's got his forehand slap, and if he flips the right suit of cards, he gets the backhand off for that as well. Yeah, so it is a sheer double slap nonsense. So I quite like the sound of the Hulk Hogan. Oh, Von Schill. Von Schill. <laughs> Von Schill, who can rip his shirt off for an action point. Yeah, one of the uh, mercenary outcast characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. with his uh, fracle. Mm. And he's absolutely phenomenal as well. He's a lovely, lovely... I'll show you. You'll see it. 
So I think we can pass to Elliot now to give us a general overview of the different uh, factions. Yes, um, I have my laptop on me and I've got the website open. So it's, it's literally on here. him. Yeah. I mounted his We're not lying. His lap. No. You can probably <clears throat> hear me clicking. So to begin with, we've got the guild. Um, That's just Elliot, he's broken. <laughs> he's got <laughs> nervous. <stuff. laughs> so um, with the guild, uh, I'll just read the uh, bio it has here. I won't go into it, but I won't read it out fully because there's a lot of words. So if there's a lot of words... Let's just kind of do a summary okay. on that one there, Elliot. Um, the Guild exists as a largely self-governing body, both on the frontier of Malifaux and back on Earth, where it is one of the world's most influential organisations. Its first duty remains to the enforcement of the laws that allow for maximum soulstone production, but over the years a number of specialised branches have been developed to combat the unique dangers of Malifaux. Okay. So in short, them is the law, and they're getting all the soulstone back to Earth. Basically, yeah, guild are your lawmen, they're your cowboys, effectively, mm. lots of magics. They are, I suppose, the good guys. Well, they give you the commas. American Wild West feel for the game, I'd argue. Well, and that's where a lot of the Wild West yeah. feel comes from with that one. And Dan's currently perusing the guild section of the rulebook. So what, what's your kind of first impressions of those guys then, Dan? I like the names. I'm sorry, but that's the best name I've ever heard. <laughs> Who is that? Nino but... Ortega. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's better when you say it, Dan. Oh, Papa Loco. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. I think Dan's hooked. Um, you enjoying that? Yes! <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be yeah, quite... just head down. So, with, with, yeah. with Guild, they are the initial faction that I've picked up. Um, picked up Lady Justice, who's kind of like the blind, blind sword woman, who leads the Death Marshals. Is justice, it is blind. Hey, there you go. Ooh, that's a quote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shall paraphrase justice is blind. So, Excellent. yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the, the guild of the faction I've initially picked up. Um, I think, could we said the reason I've picked them up is I really like the whole cowboy aesthetic of them. I like the whole lawman thing. I think the death marshals are some of the coolest models I've ever seen in my life. And Matt's always been very much a fan of Wild West. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they usually like men in leather. <laughs> There's something about a man and chaps that makes man weaker than uh, me. And ponchos. Ponchos. Come on, just add eh? in. <laughs> it's nothing like a dusty blanket on your shoulder. Choose <laughs> it to sleep with. So, who have we got next then, Elliot? Who are we looking at next, fashion uh, We are going to be looking at the Resurrectionists next. Let me yeah, just they're cool. bring yeah. them up. Now, this is what you're thinking for your second crew, mm. isn't it? The Resurrectionists. Yeah, so. These are your shameless, this is your shameless, which we talked about. Yeah, so they have a, each faction has seven masters, um, which are the named characters that can lead your forces. Uh, I mean, there are other ways of leading a force, but we, again, that's something for another time. Now, one of the masters that I've been looking at is a character called Molly, who effectively is a resurrectionist master for the, the lost, effectively like the lost children. Of yeah. Um, kind of almost got Peter Pan kind of vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah, sort of. I mean, one of the characters you get in her starter box is called Philip and the Nanny, which is fantastic. Philip is a little twisted spirit, and the Nanny is a, um, I don't know, brainwashed, yeah. uh, sad soul who defends him uh, remorselessly and quite fantastic. Well, it's kind of almost uh, reminds me of Kang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You've kind of got the body. It's a bit more like Count Duncula. Yes. Nanny or Nurse, whoever it is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I remember the Resurrectionists give a bit back on those, as the name mm. explains. Go for it, then. Resurrectionists. The name is a cruel joke, amusing only to the twisted minds of murderers and grave robbers who claim it as their own. Resurrectionists reanimate the dead, but their magic results not in a body that has been restored to life, but rather one that has been brought back as an undead puppet. Their practices are particularly appalling to the people of Malifaux, who consider the Resurrectionists to be one of the Malifaux's greatest threats. <laughs> that some of the terrible monsters the world knows were once their former friends and family in grim realisation. So, offensively, Resurrectionists are the undead. Yeah. Well, they resurrect. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that so is a summary. types of zombies. You've got zombie dogs. You've got zombie baby. You've got zombie zombies. And zombie hookers. I mean, look at hookers, um, Dan. McMorgan. I think I may have found one. <laughs> so, Dan's currently looking at the rule book. He's uh, looking at Madame Sibyl from <clears throat> Seamus' uh, Shadows of a Whitechapel gang. 
if anyone wants to Google this, oh, it's a treat for the eyes. <laughs> same way that bleach is. <laughs> so, of course, you kind of take a look through Resurrections there, Dan, and I know, I know we're punting through this quite quickly, but what's your kind of initial thoughts on this crew? Um, more my type of thing. I think we're getting there. But it's, it's not it's not one I'd go for, personally. Not really, even the night, Seamus? Seamus is cool. He's got some... Very, very good little abilities. He's got a fancy hat. He does. When it comes to Lost Seamus. He's got a leprechaun. Oh, the copycat killer, yeah. It's, it's, all, all the masters have a totem, which is... Uh, how's best to describe totems? Totems are just a fun manifestation of who their character is. Yeah. Which might seem like a lot of long words to say it's just a cool figure that makes you feel good about the master you got. Does extra things. So then, yeah. of course, you know, so... Very supportive addition. Seamus is, is the copycat killer. It's like a tiny version of him, as Elliot said, kind of leprechaun-esque, mm. almost, in a way. Funky-looking little guy. He's got four hats on. Mm. Very Alice in Wonder and Mad Hat as well. Yes, so. absolutely. I mm. think that, that crew takes a lot from that. I know I used to have a Seamus crew, mm-hmm. and the Rotten Bells that come with him, who are your zombie hookers. I picked up as Disney princesses. You did, really? <laughs> yeah, Snow White, Belle, and I can't remember the third one, but yeah, Cinderella. No, it wasn't. Um, Jane from Tarzan. Oh, yeah. So that that was quite fun. I went for the whole Disney kind of theme for this resurrectionist gang of like zombie hookers and Jack the Ripper. <laughs> it, it was that quite a childhood issue. Not maybe ready to. <laughs> so, no, it, was, it was a whole new world, Dan. Oh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Elliot, who have we got next? We have got the Neverborn. Right. The um, uh, the actual people who live in Manifold universe. The actual yeah. inhabitants. The Thank initial you. inhabitants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so although we would see them as demonic and nightmarish creatures, the Neverborn represent uh, everything that goes bump in the night. Mm-hmm. The Neverborn are terrible monsters that brutally prey upon the humans who have appeared to claim Malifaux for their own. The Neverborn take many shapes, from the winged Nephilim to the ghostly sorrows. Some are uh, deceptively similar in appearance to humans, (coughs) able to walk among them. And these are by far the most dangerous, as their unknown designs are far more subtle and far-reaching. Where many Neverborn are satisfied by grisly, indulgent murder... These human-looking monsters wage a campaign of terror on the mankind throughout grand organised raids and clever attacks on human settlements. Despite the focus on the bigger picture, most of these Neverborn are not above the occasional indulgent murder. Mm. So, Neverborn are kind of akin, if we're looking at this from a kind of uh, Games Workshop angle, I guess, are kind of like demons, Dan. Like yep. Demons, they're like nightmares. These guys lived in Malifaux before everyone else invaded, and as I know you touched on last week, they're very much kind of, that makes them... The good guys. Yeah. <laughs> characters called Bad Juju. I just, just truly to attest to how great the artwork is for this game, Dan doesn't really know a lot about Malifaux, except what he's kind of overheard Elliot and I speaking about, and he's currently looking through the rule book. So if you hear gasps of astonishment, it's a, <laughs> primarily it's at the artwork and the character names, I think. So who are you looking at at the moment, Dan? At the minute, it's a quite cute little character. <laughs> Uh, called Bad Juju. Bad Juju. So, uh, Dan, would you like to kind of describe to us what you're looking at at the moment? Um, imagine a sort of tangled web of trees, roots, moss. A sort of thing from the swamp. Yeah, swamp, swamp thing, thing, per se. Um, rather gruesome looking character, big mouth, red eyes. Uh, within the moss of his body... There's skulls, there's tombstones, there's vo- little voodoo dolls. Yeah, it's quite a funky looking character. Yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. He's very cool. You also have a little connection with Bad Juju. Bad uh, Juju, Dan and I are big players of the, the game Destiny on PlayStation 4. And um, <laughs> it's my favourite ga- gun on that game is called Bad Juju. He's literally it's like a pulse rifle with a skull on the end that spouts green smoke and... I'm obsessed with it to the point that I've went and bought all the versions <laughs> on the games. Be like, yep, I've got year one and year two. Anyway, that's by the by. Who we got next, Elliot? We have got the Arcanists. Uh, the world of Malifaux is thick with magical energies. Those newly arrived in the world often describe an electric feeling in the air, <laughs> making the hand hairs on the back of their neck stand up. Almost all of Malifaux's residents develop some small ability to make. <laughs> 
to manipulate this energy, usually manifesting as minor magical talents. A small number will display noteworthy powers, powers that represent a threat to the guild's presence in Malifaux. These individuals have been labelled arcanists, and the guild's expensive Sorry. And the guild expends significant resources in hunting these dangerous men and women and have dedicated their witch hunter task force to eliminating the unpredictable rogue element. Russians. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Cossacks. They're the terrorists of Malifaux. Very Ooh. similar to like the Rebel Alliance in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, no, because the Rebel Alliance think they're doing the right thing. The Arcanists just <laughs> want to mess things up. <laughs> they blew up the Death Star. <laughs> Lots of people lived there and it cost a lot of money. Bloody Akalas. <laughs> Intergalactic terrorism. Anyway, yes. So the Akalas, yeah, they do represent the anti guild, but they have uh, a really individual flair to them. So you have Marcus, who is like the beast master, who's just this hench dude who uh, his entire crew seems to be made up of gribbly monsters like saber tooth tiger style things. Um, he has a giant white gorilla, I think called Kojo. It is Kojo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You've also got characters like Karis, who seems to be some kind of like angel of fire who can set fire to many things, flies around a lot. Um, and they've got a really interesting vibe with the way that they manipulate the magic in the game. So, uh, you know, you kind of have the antithesis of fire, you've got the ice with Rasputina, which is mm. what Dan was looking at when he went <laughs> Russian. Um, I mean, Rasputina, I think, was one of the first models that caught my eye back when yeah, the show popped up. Yeah. Um, because it has a bit very similar to Sorshka when you were playing Kador mm, for War Machine. Similar, yeah. And it's just, you know, she came with giant ice golems and just like that. Um, so they really are um, a fun, just, you could even argue that in some regards they represent different elements, so you do have, well, if you want to go with Chinese elements, you've got metal, earth, fire. No, I don't look for them water. from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just different bits of magic, I suppose. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Manipulating the four elements. And Marcus could very easily be Earth. Mm. Like nature. Yeah. Yeah. Right, next we have the Outcasts. Um, The Outcasts, I was the... You're not uh, the band, the Outcasts. No, no. Never heard of them. Have I? Yeah. What song? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, shake your Polaroid picture and all that Um, the outcasts were the faction I started off with so I bought the Victoria's box Um, and so the in between the plots and schemes of other factions there are men and women who for one reason or another have turned their back on other affiliations to live a more roguish lifestyle these scoundrels and mercenaries mercenaries are collectively referred to as outcasts as many of them are forced to live out meagre existences as petty crooks or hired guns. In some ways, the outcasts do represent the characters that didn't really fit into another box when when Malifaux first came out. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you got the faction that we'll come on to next, which we won't name. No. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they were the odds and ends. Um, a lot of them will appear in different factions as well, um, but. They, uh, yeah, they are the hired swords, um, and they have a really interesting. I suppose you could say they have a bit more of the gothic feel to them than the Wild West. Yeah, they kind of take a bit from everything because they have the horror, they have the steampunk, they have the western. They kind of have everything, kind of yeah. not really forming together, but as a whole. Yeah, I suppose that's what you get with mercenaries, isn't it? Mm. You're always going to have a little bit more variety. Um, uh, in all fairness, I've not had a lot of uh, sort of interest in the out the outcasts as such. No. Although, well, I just never found a figure that really made me go ooh, pretty <laughs> Except they do have um, for any fans of the Discord novels, they pretty much have a model for the luggage, which been updated for steampunk. It's, uh, <laughs> On it's, Shill's steam trunk. Yeah, the steam trunk. Literally, just pointing out to Dan a box of caterpillar tracks <laughs> that I think gobbles people up. I just have a look now. See, um, no, it doesn't. No, unfortunately, no. But it's got a lovely image. See, I, when I was looking at the Von Shield box, I was looking at going, "Oh, steam tank." It's steam trunk. Yeah, and I just can't read. Terry Pratchett. It is. Yeah, it is. Terry Pratchett. Yeah. So the next. Uh, faction we have are the Ten Thunders. Uh, there is one faction, whoever, who ever, 
who prides itself on avoiding attention until recently their name meant nothing to the people in power of Malifaux. But that has changed. The mere mention of the name Ten Thunders breeds a quiet dread in the men's hearts, chilling the blood. The origin of Ten Thunders crime syndicate is a mystery to the residents of Malifaux, save that they appear to have some sort of connection to the three kingdoms of Earth. Okay, so the Ten Thunders are your typical... Oriental. Oriental. Yeah, they represent yeah. Japan and Chinese sort of um, characters. And alongside that you get a lot of the martial arts. Um, yeah. But they're also the most uh, insidious faction because they have a finger in nearly every pie. Yeah. There's, there's Except that... Oh. We will go on to the whole dual faction thing, but <coughs> I think maybe all, if some, if not all of their masters are dual faction. Mm. I think so. Yep, Jacob Lynch looks awesome. Not one I've seen, which is Jacob a Lynch is effectively Dan Dalzarian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, although the, the fighty characters are very martial arts, you've got McCabe, um, who I think can even have a pony. He does come on a horse, yeah. But um, he's he, got that. He's your mix Jones. of Wolverine and Indiana Jones, yeah. basically, yeah. So, you, you know, you do get Matt's character's got a fantastic hound uh, in the crew as well. Uh, but again, you know, the, the Ten Thunders, when Matt's saying they're dual factions, it means that they can end up being a Ten Thunders where you can use them alongside other factions as well, but it's very dependent on the character itself. Mm. So the uh, one of the most sort of characterful, in my argument, would be the Brewmaster, which is oh, yeah. a Ten Thunders gremlin <laughs> ninja drunkard. So, like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a goblin who throws alcohol at people. I mean, some of his attacks are forcing people into a drinking competition with him. Um, but he has a character that goes with him called um, Wesley. I think it is Wesley, yeah. yeah. Um, with Wesley, because he's the apprentice of the brewmaster, if the brewmaster dies and Wesley's on the table, Wesley instantly gets removed and replaced with the brewmaster because there must always be a brewmaster. Highlander. Oh. <laughs> There's always a Highlander. <laughs> drunk and green. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's the Ten Thunders, and as Tom rightly said, the last faction are the Gremlins. Woo! Best ones <laughs> ever. Uh, and the sum up of the Gremlin law are they are Gremlins. Next, <laughs> you get Gremlins with everything. Um, there's a lot about them because there's so many different Gremlins. The small and green. And a nuisance to every other faction in Malifaux. Yeah, so I Malifaux, think it's fair to say. Yeah, Malifaux mm. is the town um, where most of the goings on happen. However, the gremlins exist in the bayou, so the swamps out of town. Now, the the more adventurous of the gremlins have started mimicking the humans that have turned up, um, and they've come to the conclusion that the bigger your hat is, the better you'll be. <laughs> now. In regards to gameplay, that means you've got a lot of variety. So you've got the drunk ninjas, you've got Wong, the travelling magical tradesman, you have Ophelia, who mimics the guild, and you've got Summer Teeth Jones, the, who's the, is the, the man in charge. Yeah. I think it's this this faction, as, as I said before, but I'm not sure if we got it, so I'll say it again, is um, it takes a lot from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the character for them is... But Jebson, who is a rip of... I can't remember the actor's name, but I remember the... In Big Trouble. Anyway, they, they Wong as well. They yeah. specifically do take a lot from that film. Yeah, and it, I mean, with that comes some fantastic imagery. I mean, they're, they're the faction that I've been playing um, for a little while now. But I mean, there's so much you have in there. So they're not just gremlins. They also have pigs and hogs. They have the Pigapult, which is <laughs> just a catapult. Yeah, Dan's just right. found it. There we go. The attack, especially Elliot, mm -hmm. the attack is Bacon Barrage. <laughs> yeah, it throws piglets at people. <laughs> and, you know, I need one of those in my life. Pigs do fly, buddy. Yes, they do. Pigs fly in Malifaux. And they've also got the Whiskey Golem, which we may have touched on previously. I need one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Dan's found a faction he likes. Good. Joy. Um, <laughs> good, good. Yeah. They've also actions, got, you know, they've got smoky finish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was one of his tactical actions. Yeah. It's melee finish. attacks called <laughs> barrel to the face. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So as you can see, although it's a spy game, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Now there is one character within the Gremlins that's completely aside from all the others. Really, well, there's, there's Zoraida, who's actually a um, I think she's actually a Neverborn. Zoraida yes. is, yeah, yeah. She's, she's one called Bad Juju. Yeah, she's dual faction with the Gremlins because she lives in the swamp as well. Now the other character that really sticks out with the Gremlins because he doesn't use Gremlins is Ulix. Oh, Ulix is a one-legged Gremlin. Who is the Hog Whisperer? Well, he pretends to be one-legged. He doesn't. He has like a, a crook for it. But he's got one foot in it. He's the character that if you want to play Gremlins, but you don't like Gremlins and you like pigs, you can have pigs with some pigs and some more pigs. The description for Ulix. Ulix understands pigs better than any Gremlin alive, and Gremlins from across the bio seek out his help on any pig-related issues, of which Gremlins have plenty. <laughs> this is this is Dan. Dan, as if you've been listening to us, Dan, obviously we're brand new to forty k. This is completely new, and he's I think he's got a boomstick. He is yeah. the master of hogs. Banjo of bash hoggish. Yeah. So there's a real, you know, there's there's a very silly side to the uh, the gremlins imagery. However, as Matt can attest to many years of experiencing, I when they get in a fight. They can still mess you up pretty yeah. hard. Mm. Um, they can mess you up. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean that's kind of the factions in a general. Run that down. is. So I've been on to Dan here because Dan's been perusing the robot like a man possessed, and I've kind of been peeking over his shoulder and just pointing out some bits and pieces that I know he'd like. He's not so peeking, he's pretty much leaning over him. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of I'm blocking it, going, Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan, look at me. Um, so, what are your kind of initial thoughts, buddy? I want to play. Cool. You want to play, but you want to play what? What really sticks out to you out of that kind of rule book? Um, I'm not... Gremlins. No, gremlins. There's too much pig. <laughs> <laughs> Said no person at a buffet ever. Let's be fair, it's got bacon and whiskey. What is there not to like? Thank you. Ron Burgundy <laughs> would agree. <laughs> gremlins. 60% of the time. It would every time. <laughs> so what's kind of your thoughts, Dan? Obviously, you've seen a lot of the artwork, and I know the cards don't really make a lot of sense yet until we get you playing that game. Um, what do you kind of really stands out to you? They. I don't even know. That's Von Shell. Outcasts. You like the Outcasts? Outcasts? The minute Outcasts. Because Victoria of Ashes. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's got a hell of an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the ones that Elliot's got she looks yeah. really miffed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did play the Victorias many, many, many years ago as well, and they do, they are melee beat sticks. Mm-hmm. Just kind of running and cut like stuff up with her. Tara, swords. she's a heartless. Quite literally, she's got a hole in her chest. <clears throat> um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. What you can't see is Matt just turns to me with this glint in his eye and started chuckling silently. He was like, no. I don't get it. Well, the day you will. Okay. <laughs> That's, you that's why you're game. on the floor. Yes. <laughs> you may have game from the last one, Matt and I have known each other a very long time. <laughs> a very, very long time. It's our five year anniversary today, it Tom. Is. Oh my god. It came up on Facebook. It's our, I've made, it wouldn't let me share it. So, yeah, uh, I wonder why. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to Tom and I. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my face. Sorry. That's um, <laughs> climbing into the beard. <laughs> It's it's like like a nestle <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do I think we'll take a break there yes um, we'll hear a word from our sponsors Woo! which is quite exciting so it's we'll totally work. not a homemade advert no well it is now Tom you've ruined the surprise of me putting a telephone effect on my voice oh, man. <laughs> sorry there was too much noise what shop was that again level up gaming in Bournemouth my what? Darth Vader voice changer wouldn't work in. level up gaming in Bournemouth what? I'll Let's let, hear from them. Yeah, I'll let the, the, the advert we do. <laughs> Elliot, we're taking a break. Yes. What should people's extracurricular activity Stop be today? Stop procrastinating and do that work. It's not going to get done. You have to do it. But then it will get done. Exactly, then it's fine. Nice and generic. I like it. We'll be back in a moment, guys. Don't punch cats. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Tom, no. No, don't punch cats. He <laughs> <laughs> just did. But see you in a minute, guys. <laughs> Level Up Gaming, your one-stop shop for all your hobby needs. With a large selection of your favourite games, including Malifaux, Infinity, Warhammer, X-Wing, Batman, War Machine, and many, many others. 
Level Up is the place to grab your hobby thing. With daily events, there's always a reason to play a game or try something new. So go to levelupgaming.co.uk now. Level Up. Up your game. And we're back. And distinctively less cats punched than Tom promised. Did punch a cat. <laughs> exactly. The number was zero as yeah. opposed to one. Yes. We divided it by zero and found out that there are no cats in the house. <laughs> no, that's because they've all been previously punched. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been here. <laughs> what I don't people? know where I am. Um, okay, so Malifaux, <laughs> Dan, initial thoughts. Let's go to you, man. I changed my mind. You changed your mind. Oh. Uh, well, how have you changed your mind? Um, in the little break that we have had. Mm. Still been looking through the book, and I'm seriously into the General Neverborn now. Ooh. General Neverborn. I wish that was a master. Neverborn. Papa Domino. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, if like you can go on Google and search this little model, it's so cool. It's not it, little. <laughs> it's not. Small. It's not cool. Okay. Um, they're called <sighs> teddies, and they are essentially. A massive, stuffed, cuddly toy bear that has been possessed by God only knows what. <laughs> a shark by the look of those teeth. <laughs> it's like shark venom. <laughs> it's a symbiote in a teddy bear costume. I don't know if it was picked up on the last podcast, but it's like the Care Bears we were talking about. They aren't Care Bears, they're Scare Bears. Ooh. And they're just called Teddy. <laughs> yeah, one of their, yeah. One of their ta- attack actions is called Hug. <laughs> and if you've never realised how unpleasant a hug can be, wait until a twenty-foot teddy with massive pointy <clears> teeth <throat> comes at you. You could have just said that from could, a bear. You oh. could just gobble you up, which again is one of its moves. Yeah. <laughs> Zero action. <laughs> wow. Okay, so kind of moving on then with our general look at Malifaux <laughs> in this episode. I think a good point can actually be getting started. Yeah, would be that would be a really good direction. How to, to get of, into Malifaux? How to get started? That would be very handy for me. Yeah, yeah. so we're mm. actually taking, as you gathered from the advert, we are sponsored by Level Up Games, and I'm taking Dan there next Friday. Um, I'm actually going to go pre- potentially look at a different system, which we'll cover at some other point. Yeah, we'll we'll mention that right at the end of this. But Dan is very much kind of looking forward to getting his hands on some Malifaux. And for those mm. listening in the future, which would then make this the past, that would be. Great Scott! <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks time. Friday gone, and Dan May will now be the world champion of Malifaux. Two years <laughs> in the future. Anyway, so getting started. The, the I think the way of getting started is kind of similar to any game. Yeah, by really. toys. By toys. Mm. Um, I know the way I the way I went with Malifaux was buying the core box for the guild, and then a copy of the rulebook with it, as well as getting the fate deck, which needs to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Flawless. That was good. Wasn't it? I looked at There was an issue with there was an issue with the iPad where it just went. There's not enough storage space to keep on recording. Um, we then I deleted some apps to make the space, but then it saved the it saved the track. So we've now just sat here for half an hour listening to it, and that was the most flawless cut I could have picked up. And I'm actually a little bit impressed with myself. No, it just sounds honest. like you've got a little bit of a stutter. <laughs> Don't do it. I'd like to work on 1% of Gates. Anyway, so, start in Malifaux. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that, that's the way, that's probably the suggested way to go. I mean, what do you think, Tom? Well, it, it depends on where you're coming from in the hobby. If you've encountered non-GW games in the first place, then yeah, getting yourself a rule book uh, of some sorts, at least, some models, and a deck of cards... Um, is the most official way into it. You could just get any old deck of cards and play with it there, um, with whatever toys you've got. But if you're coming from outside of GW, um, sorry, from within GW without having played any other game, mm. it would definitely be worth trying to find someone who can run you through a demonstration game. But if you've got a friend who's willing to pick up at the same time, yeah, like Dan, yeah. I need help. But Dan doesn't have any friends. Forever um, <laughs> alone. No. Um, there is a two-player starter set, which mm-hmm. we may or may not. I have think been... that got lost. Oh, we lost. That was lost to the sands of time. Do you know what's quite ironic is that the tagline of Malifaux is "bad things happen," <laughs> and we've had nothing but bad luck recording this Malifaux episode so far. 
Yeah. Well, it's fun, isn't it? Anyway, so yeah, so Dan, we're kind of getting started. Dan, that's finished. Tom's been saying. <laughs> <laughs> Quit your jewel, Jello, man. What are you talking no, about? There, is? I mean, there is a two player starter set. There is indeed yes. some limited figures that were only in the starter set, along with all the models in it. Yeah, there you go. All the toys. All the toys that you kind of get in that starter set. All them toys. Them toys. Yep. Um, along with <clears> the <throat> tape measures, fake decks that are standard to the starter box but nowhere else. It's a fantastic little thing. And like you said, if you've got a couple of mates who are up to play it as well, you can just split the cost and the toys. Or models, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're toys. They're toys. I get told off calling them toys by a lot of gamers. They're miniatures, you do. Yes, they are. Well done. They're also toys. I play with they're them. They're miniature toys. You <laughs> are. Oh, that's a very mm. good point. Um, yeah, the stock box we touched on last one, that you get a guild crew in there, and it, it was never born. It was resurrectionist. As you can see, we clearly thought this through and went and looked it up. I will Google. Anyway, oh, so you do get the two crews. Now, it's worth noticing with the... Fa- Alec, careful, Alec. It is worth noticing with the cards in the way of a fate deck. Um, when we say fate deck, it is pretty much a standard pack of playing Fender cards. Decks, yeah. uh, which you can you can buy the fancy Malifaux ones. I know I've got yeah. some really, really nice looking ones. You've got mm. some... I've got some old school some ones. Some old school ones, which, which is still totally lovely. misleading and messed up my game. I would have beaten that quicker if it wasn't stupid. <laughs> but then you can... Scroll, stroll down that route of picking yourself up just a normal pack of playing cards that's pretty much found everywhere hmm. I mean the rule book does tell you which suit equates to what in a standard yeah. game of playing cards so by the look of the starter box is indeed Guild and Neverborn Guild and Neverborn there we go and so that's, I think that was, that's, how much is that on that <coughs> website there uh, Wayland Games is £36 with a minus 20% discount so to everywhere else and probably through our sponsor Level Up yeah. Looking at about the £40 RRP, but um, I mean, uh, yeah, £40 is actually a very reasonable introduction price for any game because you're going to get some rules, you're getting some figures in there as well. Um, but you get two fate decks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So straight away, well, it's everything the, two yeah, people need to play the game. Hmm. If um, you think, look at it that way, I mean, the, 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 route, the route I went down, I can't remember how much the uh, gamer's rule book was. Now, it's worth, I think, maybe tenor. going through the difference between the two rule books. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's, I went for the game's edition. It's an A5 rule work, and it is solely the rules for mm. the game. Whereas Tom, I've gone for the A4 full rule book, I suppose, the full book. Um, so that one gives you a lot of interesting background stories and extra character. Um, a little bit more descriptive in the rules themselves. I mean, potentially, you're not getting anything extra rules wise. Um, but where the 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 players' rule book, as it's called doesn't necessarily mm. go into too much detail about the different crews, factions, masters, henchmen and all this kind of stuff, the figures and stuff. It's um, The full rule book really does help you get immersed into that world and also gives you the option of having a look, of, look through some other bits and bobs that you might want to go on to play. So rather than you know picking up a, a Diddy book for those who just need the rules, that full book is... It's the best way to I think, get fully immersed right off the bat. I mean, yeah. there's one that Dan's been looking through, and it's got the pretty pictures. It's got the stories. Um, I think the other thing, I'd, I'd, one of the other really big plus points I like about Malifaux is the artwork is pretty much the same as the model. Yeah, it's, it is. Yes, with the newest edition, the, the figures yeah. really have been sculpted off the back of the artwork, and because of that, it does make painting them a lot more entertaining because you've got a real like backing to go with, or you just go crazy with purple. But. And that illustration you see on the front of those crew boxes is exactly the positioning the models on the inside are in. I think actually for everything on front of the boxes. Yeah, well, they three D rendered from the artwork, which and is then just straight up sculpted. For the which is really really cool. Yeah. No, it's yeah. you, it's what you see is what you get. Very much yeah. so with that. Elliot, look, you want to make a point? No, I'm just looking at you. Oh, okay, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah, I think the other good point about the A4 rulebook, as Tom touched on, is I had a bit of a flick through it, and even if I'm focusing on playing guild with this one, there's a lot of guild masters mm. that I hadn't seen the cards for yet. And that's, that's a really good plus point. It also gives you an idea of where the A4 and where you'd like to expand to next. So. Yeah. I mean, another step with that, as Mac mentioned, obviously the, the main book there does have a couple of the other masters, but each faction has seven masters, so seven guys who will lead your forces to um, victory over Malifaux. And if you're not too sure about where you want to go, the factions also have what they call faction decks, which are boxes of cards that have all the figures in that faction in there now 
most of the factions have the split over two box sets, um, but it looks, just looks like a normal deck of cards. Um, in there you get the Masters, the Enforcers, the Henchmen, the Peons, the Totems, the Avatars, all these things, all the cards in there to use mm. in the game, along with all the individual items and upgrade cards that you add on to your characters. So it's, um, you know, they're, they're well worth it if you, you're getting into the game, you're quite happy with the crew you've got, but you're like, well, I want to have a bit of a look around. You just buy yourself the decks, and then you can proxy the models if you want. You know, no one's going to stop you unless they're being really unpleasant, and then you shouldn't be playing them anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think another another route to go down with Malifaux, and this is more so for your benefit, if yeah. anything, Dan, yeah. with it is Malifaux is different from kind of like Warhammer 40,000. You know how in Warhammer 40,000 we spent a lot of time writing your list before we went to the table? Yeah. With Malifaux, you turn up, <clears throat> right? And then you work out your mission, you work out your objectives, and then you write your army list to the mission. So once you've had a go at some of them, you then go, all right, I'm going to take this master, and I've, I've got to, I don't know, claim that objective. So I'm going to take those really fast stuff to get to it first. Yeah, yeah. So you tailor your list. Now what this yeah. does mean is if you're starting Malifaux, is you literally find, find a faction you like the look of, and just buy toys. Yeah, it's what they call the rule of cool. It looks cool, buy it, play with it, learn from it. Yeah, so you could literally turn up and level up next Friday and go, I'll have one of everything you have which is never born. And that will make the shop owner and manager exceedingly happy. Absolutely. But also but, make you happy. Because like, you, you could literally turn up to a Malifaux game with two, three hundred models and you go, you're going to play this mission. You can crack open your case and go... Now, what's really good at this mission? Today, I should pick the Nine Iron Master mixed with the Four Witch. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you really can. You know, the game is very more based around the fact that, okay, so you've turned up for this turf war, you're representing this faction, let's say the guild. Who's going to be really good at turf war? Well, not this guy, not that guy. Oh, that master's perfect. Now, what goes well with that master for this? Oh, I'll take that. And you literally you select the. the Think you can tailor it to what you need. Yeah, this is yeah. it. You're crafting something that works well, not just going, oh, well, I'll take my specimen and and I'll take some tattoos because I have to, and I hope for the best. <laughs> you know. We all hugged you then, we're like, you know who you're on about. Yeah, if it hurts. <laughs> but it's, it's, that's, I think, that's very important where the dual faction stuff comes into it. So obviously, you turn up at the table, and say I was playing with Elliot, and Elliot starts putting playing out against Elliot or playing with playing Elliot. against playing against Elliot. I don't want to get his hopes up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, say I was playing Oops, against Elliot, yep. um, and I saw he had outcasts. Then I could be like, I'm against outcasts, and you could easily tailor a list against a faction. But this is where the dual faction comes in. Mm. So, for example, with the guild, there's McMorning. Yeah, and McMorning is dual guild resurrection. I'm sorry, I need to say it keeps making me think there's some kind of McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> Have you got a McMorning? The McMorning. He's got his (laughs) McJob. Unfortunately, he's not that pleasant. Um, (laughs) Not doing McDonald's breakfast. But he he kind of turns up the Endure Faction. That means you can play him as a guild or a resurrectionist. Which means the stuff that you hire either side of him. I could put McMorning on the table. My my opponent could very well be like, right, I'm playing guild. And then I could just go, and I'm using him as a resurrectionist. Here's a ton of zombies. And kind of just trying to go... Oh, I... so there is a degree of unpredictability in yeah. what list your opponent's going to take. It's not one list does everything at a tournament. Mm. You literally you hoard as many miniatures as you can from these factions, and yeah, you I mean, turn up and go. Rah! The two chaps that Matt and I were speaking to at level up the other day, which was now we initially called them Pete and something else. It actually turns out the names are Max and Will. Yeah, um, but sorry guys. Yeah, we <laughs> renamed you on the car ride home. Because we couldn't <laughs> ask you your names. Um, we didn't get your names, so we made them up for you. Yeah. So, Pete, Will, Max, whatever we called you. The Simon. Simon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and thank you, because they actually showed us a really interesting side of Malifaux, which was Max opening up his gaming case and it just being an entire shelf of figures. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, right, I have four rows, that one's my turf war, which is one of the missions you can play in Malifaux. Yeah. This is this game, this is this game, and that's that game. And he has them just laid out ready. And it was really cool. You just pluck it out and go, right, playing that one. This is my best crew to do it. Let's rock and roll. But mm. it just gives you literally full freedom there, Dan. Yeah. So you can go, hey, I like using this. I'm going to take five teddies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thing that I found with starting Malifaux is that it's 
it's relatively cheap to other other systems because yeah. you can buy a box and that is your starter. You can just play with that and there's nothing uh, you don't need to buy anything else with it because you could just run with that. But then you're limited to just the one army doing the one thing. Yeah. I mean, what you could see there was Matt and I sharing a a look and me shaking my head like a moron. <laughs> that it does come across being like one of the cheaper games to get into but it's not at the same time well, it, well <laughs> I on. thought it was cheap <laughs> when I picked it up I was like right so how much is the rule book and these bo- and this and alright Monopoly boxes. man calm down let <laughs> Tom finish his point so Fine. although Elliot is now changing his opinion which is good because he's agreeing with me um, <laughs> it's when you come from Games Workshop I've got nothing wrong with Games Workshop but their marketing plan is very good. It's made them very successful and wealthy people. But you have to spend a lot. You're looking at an initial outset in the hundreds. Arguably, though, if you buy yourself a starter crew from Alaphos, you're looking at about £30. Yeah. A fate deck, that's another £10. You're going to get a rule book, that's another £30. You then also probably need to get yourself... Tokens. Tokens, a faction deck... You're looking at about 100. You're still really looking at 100 to get yeah. stuck And in. what you've got to look at is, although you you are using a point that's cheaper, it seems comparatively cheaper. However, with Games Workshop, where you write one list takes all, mm. this is a game where you tailor it. So you've got your one crew, yeah. that's fine, but you'll find that further down the line, to be successful at different types of missions, you're going to need to buy more and more crews. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's all relative. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, great, yeah, yeah. great example of that is that I went to a Warhammer 40k tournament back in like third or fourth edition. Mm. I spent ninety pounds and didn't buy anything else, and that was an entire army. And I came first; I got best general in the get in the tournament. So, you know, comparatively, yes, Malifaux feels cheaper because your initial army, your force, you know, put that in the speech marks. But it is only thirty pounds. But then all of us here then went off and bought something else. So that instantly makes it forty pounds. Yeah. But if you are coming into this as a new player, this is just another selling point for that starter set. Two mm. crews, forty pounds. You just saved yourself close to a hundred quid. Well, yeah. if you, if you again, you look at it comparatively. You've got like the fate decks and stuff as well, and that really stacks up to about two hundred. Yeah, so it's it, it, it's an accessible game. Yeah, I think it's very much it is an accessible game. And one of the and lovely things they've done recently yeah, is their plus craft buildings or plastic craft buildings. Yes, they've got so, such a tin button feel to them. Well, yeah, it's that horror comic style. Yeah. I mean, there's um, back in the day they had terror clips, and I'm sure they're called terror clips because there was an absolute terror trying to buy the they were things. Terror clips, yeah. You bought these amazing looking bits of terrain, effectively an entire table, and then you found out once you opened the box, it doesn't come with the clips to put the damn thing together. So if you went back to your shop to spend another £20 to get these stupid plastic clips just to put it together, and it was infuriating, like, yay, that's up nothing. Joy. I Whereas think Plastcraft works really beautifully. I think another really good... Not to bash Terra Clips too much, but, you know... To be, to be honest, I genuinely was looking at buying a set, but you can't buy them anywhere. You can, just about, but it's not advised. If you really want to get into Malifaux, they do their own terrain now. They've recently done a carnival set. Which is like a circus yeah. carnival get up for terrain. Yes, you know you've the, got uh, the Motley Tom Crew. Of, well, not top of those, the stage. You've got little um, Carnival of Sins, Motley Crew, caravans, yes. like that kind of stuff. It is awesome. Um, I, I think the other really cool thing about Malaflow, which makes it accessible as well, is the space you need to play on. It's a three by three table. Yeah, it's something that seems to be becoming more and more prevalent. Is the sort of lunchtime gaming. So on a three foot by three foot table, just for an example, you've got Malifaux, you've got Dead Man's Hand, you've got X-Wing, you have Infinity, you've got many other games. Because quite, quite frankly, we're not all fortunate enough to have space for a six by four table in our house. No, and even them, that's not thinking. Yeah, and we're not all, you know, fortunate enough to have thousands of pounds of the terrain. Exactly. So being able to pick up some of this, the three by three. I mean, I, I know that I'm currently looking at getting a table for for my house where I live at the moment and I'm I'm looking at getting a three by three. Or maybe a four by four so you get a little extra space to put this is your house. On. Yes. Oh, I thought you just like randomly appeared here. Oh, don't tell anyone. No. <laughs> um, Who's the lady in the corner? <laughs> I mean, who's that in the pictures on the wall? <laughs> uh, my nephews 
But yeah, so... I mean, but it, it, yeah, the, the space needed to play is smaller. Which again means it's... If you've got a local gaming club that's playing Malifaux, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Go to it. Whereas, you know, we are sponsored by Level Up. We all go to Level Up. That is still uh, about a 50-mile round trip for me. Mm. But it's well worth it. It is well worth it. It's very much so. But in the evenings where I get back from work, sort of thing, and, you know, it's like going to take me with rush hour traffic to get down there. This is one of those games which is a small enough area that you, it is, you can play it in your home. Yeah. yeah. Without a lot of space sacrifice. You can use the dining room table. Well, well exactly. And it's, I think, as Tom said, three by threes are becoming a lot. When they say three by, when we say three by three, we mean three foot by three foot, not three metres. Although that would be amazing. Um, oh yeah, it's the really spinal tap. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking three foot by three foot for a gaming space. Yeah, you're probably going to need a little side table to put your cards on. Um, so, you know, when you choose your, your crew, you'll have them as cards so you know what's going on with them. Um, but also just where you can have your fate deck for when you play the game, uh, any other sundries, so you don't have to have your drink on the table. Um, you know, it is always advisable. But that's, you know, it, it is the... It's the dining room game, it's the lunchtime game, whatever you want to call it. It's small, it's compact, and yet at the same time, you have enough terrain and cover on the on the table, like the gaming space, to still be able to enjoy the game <coughs> without shooting armies just dominating. I mean, it will always, always be a bone of contention with me with Warhammer 40k that with the correct selection of units, you can very quickly win that game on the first turn without thinking. Just big enough guns, long enough range, you're going to win. I know there's a counter argument, but what if you do objectives? Yeah, but if your units are dead, they can't really capture any <laughs> objectives. Malifaux ignores that entirely. Oh, your fingers are dead. Yeah, well, I ate half of your crew and turned the rest into zombies, so I won. But what? I yeah. held this objective longer than you did, yeah. meaning I have more victory points. Tabling doesn't mean defeat. Yeah, tabling means wiping your opponent off the table. Um, a lot of people will come to you and if you say, oh, I want to play Malifaux, they'll start telling you about the game they've had where they've just rocked up. Um, the entire army's been wiped off the table, but they've still won 10-0 because they held the objective. They did what they were there to do. And that comes back to that character and story sort of mentality of this game. That is, I, I think, mention story will be the, the final kind of point I touch on with this game, because we are running out of time now, is that you've got... In the Malfoy rulebook, whether it's the game's edition or the standard edition, you do have all of your scenarios, which are schemes and strategies, mm. or your objectives. But there is a separate section in that book for story encounters, meaning if you wish to play a narrative game, the rules are there. So, for example, I mean, Dan, you know you're more than welcome to take part in this as well. Yep. I'm actually, when, when we get a table set up here, I'm writing a Malifaux story um, to play here between us guys to get used to the game and the rules and play more of that game, really. And it's, it's basically, I think you coined it last week, the good, the bad, and the gremlin. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's writing a full story based around Tom's gremlin crew, um, led by Ophelia, doing a train heist. Yeah. And I've put these story encounters into a big flow chart, and it's going to start, where all good stories start, with a barroom brawl. Yeah. Now, the rules are in the rulebook for that. It's not a proper, like, you know, poison each other's drinks, all this sort of stuff. And then we, we're going to go, if the gremlins lose that game... Which they won't. <clears throat> Which they won't. But the next scenario after that will be jailbreak, where the gremlins have to go break their master out of jail. Which and it's this whole flowchart with Craig's. <laughs> oh, wait, there's me some sweet pig of death. And some pigs tied to the bars and yeah. just lashed forward. Exactly. And <laughs> it's. I got your finger bolts on it. With pigs. Yes. <laughs> Fling them over the walls. Yeah. <laughs> the best version of the A team ever. Yeah. I've got a plan. <laughs> but it's, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, but we're going to, yeah, so that's another way of playing this game. game. So you don't have to necessarily <laughs> play the schemes and the strategies. You can do a linked set of scenarios and do it as a story yeah. encounter. And you can just kill each other. And it is fun because then I beat Matt. That's what, we, that's what we did, isn't it? We didn't worry about schemes and strategies. got our heads around the rules. Yeah. We just played a straight up kill point. Mm. Well, we were told we weren't using enough terrain. Yeah. It is advised to have a third of the table put in terrain. I don't know. The shooty army, I was quite happy with the lack of terrain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in fairness, you, you would want more than... I mean, what we had was quite sparse. We didn't know really where we were going with it. We just used what was there. Yeah. Made a good bet. And I think we had a, a decent amount of terrain, but we had too many lines of fire that were abusable. Yeah. 
I think but so. That will also come up in another topic we talk about because we'll be looking at different games who also require a lot of terrain, and we could probably talk a bit more on sort of where to buy terrain, the best way of setting things up, and looking at the gaming table at another point. Yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll kind of touch in on this in that. You know, I kind of mentioned the bullet, and we're, we're taking direction. We're going to look at lots of other games, mm-hmm. and it's well, a whole I, new world for these lovely boys. Well, exactly. And I, Dan, Dan looks nervous. He's kind of rocking backwards and forwards. Yeah, Elliot looks bit. pretty vacant. I just, I, I just don't appreciate Tom calling me. Um, was it? Was ignore me? He doesn't appreciate him calling him a name that he doesn't remember. Ah, that's, that's good. But yeah. it's it's on onto the point. It's, it's we are going to look at lots of different games. So we're, we've looked at Malifaux today. Uh, yep. we, we will play Malifaux for a couple of weeks and then after that we'll have get bored and move on okay, yeah, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll have another recap of this game we'll be like mm. okay so we've had a go at playing it Dan's been painting some models we've played this this is what's happened Yeah. and then we're going to move on now I know to, to a different game we might touch down on Malifaux again in a few weeks time yeah. um, but coming up actually it's worth noticing, uh, noting before we go we do have a couple of events we will be reporting on um, being Beachhead in Bournemouth Mm-hmm. Which is a big wargaming thing. I think we covered that last yeah, time, didn't we? If not, tough. Yeah, <laughs> go, go, go back to episode. It's a wargame. It's a Facebook war game Beachhead 2016 yeah. at the Bournemouth International Centre, which is in Dorset in England. So for those who don't live in England, then it's under. It's like the nearly warm bit of our country, which is still wet and cold. It's the very south bit where the island is, just off the. Yeah, it's there. Um, that island's not France, it's called the Isle of Wight. But for those people who live in more northern hemispheres than us, that's the bit which is well hot and like it's really scary. <laughs> There's beaches and yeah. sand and seagulls and ice cream. So we will be reporting on that. And again, on the 6th of March, I'm actually down playing in an X-Wing tournament in Southampton. Yeah. I just want to level up. And I'm hoping to get one or two of these guys to come down with the kit. I think I've kit. been roped in. I think you've uh, been roped out to kind of... Assaulting general members of the tournament with, how's your game going? Yeah, you know, get, get Tom to do some interviews and whatnot. So we can really do kind of a live report I won't be as much in that one you'll be glad to hear because yeah, I'll be flying my God. ships and my pew pews in space so what my pew pews oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah I don't so we're going for that but then of course you know it's like I said I, I will be picking up another new game soon so we will be reporting on something else in a couple of weeks time if there's anything you'd like to us to have a look at mm-hmm. to, yeah. to us to review or to cover please let us know through the usual Preferably channels war games as well I, mean, I don't want to review any cheese sandwiches or well, I, I, I don't know if they send yeah. us. Cast. If they send us yeah. cheese sandwiches. If you want to send me a, a, a cheese sandwich, make sure it says two Tom, because you know it can't get I, really, need, I it. need it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wasting away here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, I think we're going to have the usual channels. We've got a Facebook page, Tenth mm-hmm. Company, our Twitter handle, which is Tenth Underscore Company, and use the hashtag Hobby for Days. Or drop us a message and let us know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Definitely. safe to say. So it's been an eventful hour, chaps. Yes. <laughs> Not without mishaps. But we 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 done it. Absolutely no mishaps whatsoever. We done it as promised, guys. So take it easy. <laughs> uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. We'll be letting you all know more about our experience in Malifaux, mm. and then we'll be talking about Beach at Bournemouth as well. Yeah. Woo! So as usual, and how poor we are, and how poor we are. But you won't be able to hear us from the muffled talking of all of our toys. All three of them. Why are you eating toys? Yeah. Because the E-Wings is vitamin B. <laughs> <laughs> and on that one. Um, yeah, so like, like I said, like us, subscribe us, share us about, talk about us, tell your friends. Uh, tell your family. Be good to hear yeah, from you. Because it is. Tell your nan. Why not? And on that one, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye, guys. Oh, hang on. Do I have to ask a question? Yeah, um... Tell us, if you've just get it, got into Malifaux, tell us what your experiences have been like. And if we've got anything wrong, feel free to correct us. Yes. Because, like I said, we're, we're all fairly new to this. So. Yeah, please do correct us. We won't pay any attention or correct ourselves because we're clearly infallible. But please do rant <laughs> you and are. rave. Well, I, <laughs> I, I talk up. That's a dribble. But, yeah. Dribble, <clears throat> not dribble. Wonderful. Right, guys. Top so That's the one. On that one. <laughs> Cheers. Shut these guys up now. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you.